Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 272, episode 5 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, January 27th, 2023. Got all that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, of course, means... <laughs> oh, oh, today. Man, you got yeah. me slipping. I was like... Yep, you got that. We got the right day. <laughs> we got but the right day. What, what is it? It's actually Vietnam Peace Day, National Chocolate Cake Day, Holocaust Remembrance Day, National Fun at Work Day, World Breast Pumping Day, and National Big Wig Day. That's a lot. Yeah, one day. That's a lot. When we just came off of like like weird ones, I was like Burn Suppers Night or whatever. Like, what the fuck is that? Anyway, yeah. put a sport a big wig today. Like, I think it's literally about big wigs. So. Oh, okay. We're not so anybody to, like, who's, celebrate the C-suite at our company. No, no. But okay. if you've ever performed at the Groundlings, you, you've lived this every day. <laughs> We're in a big old wig. How are you with wigs? Oh, I love wigs. Love wigs. Love wigs. All right. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Bernie Jack, a.k.a. Leg Thick the Entertainer, a.k.a. <laughs> DL, as in do love, Hughley, a.k.a. This is my favorite, Steve Hardley. Some... <laughs> Original Kings of Comedy, a.k.a. from Christy Yamaguchi, Maine, at Twapple House. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Whoa, green candy, M&M, whoa, green candy, M&M, green candy so cute, M&M, wanna lick them boots, M&M, looking like an hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> M&M, real sweets have curves, M&M, whoa, green candy, M&M. Shout out to Salvador Jolly on the Discord. You know, a little bit of Ram Jam there. Uh, you know, going off of the outrage over the curves of the anthropomorphized candies. Real candy has curves. That's 100 percent truth. Exactly. That's a T-shirt right there. Don't eat any candies with right angles. We know that. That's right. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a writer and director behind absolute classics like Eagle Heart mm-hmm. with Chris Elliott, the Academy Award nominated Borat subsequent movie film, and the new comedy classic, mind bending yeah. <laughs> docuseries, Paul T. Goldman. It is Jason Wallen. Jason! <laughs> 
Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We are very excited. We're very excited to have you on. We've just been talking about the show nonstop. And like I was saying before, it's not often we get to talk to somebody who's made a show that we're like, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) We just like we just talk about it from. Our, our altitude. So thank you for yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah, no, I mostly was just making it. So I'm, I'm just, uh, it's not often I get to talk about it. It's like <laughs> to be at, at that point and not, not have to work on it anymore. It seemed like a lot of work. That would be my first note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. It's a show that's designed to prove when you watch it, that it was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> you showed your work. Point was made. Point yeah. Was made. We, we have a segment streaming corner that listeners are aware of, but the way those usually come together is Anna Hosnier texts us at like, you know, midnight sometimes. <laughs> yeah, just, she's just finished watching something and she's like, you guys have to watch this immediately streaming corner stat. And, you know, with the, in the case of The Val, season two of The Val, for instance, <laughs> I've, I've been a little bit slow, a little bit negligent on my response to that prompt. But this one we immediately got into. We're talking about the next day. And that was before we knew you were coming on. So this is uh, this is a thrill. We're going to do a on a streaming corner in act three. Yeah. And talk Paul T. Goldman with you here. All right, Jason, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. We're going to talk about the woke wars continue Ooh, with A&W, Root Beer, and, and Xbox. <laughs> one of them intentionally stepping in, wading in to the conversation. One of them, I, don't, I, I can't imagine that Xbox was like, oh, this is going to piss <laughs> them off. Felt, feels like engineers were like, hey, this is a, an increased efficiency we've found. Yeah. We're going to talk about Alex Jones's longstanding obsession with Stanley Kubrick, where it comes from some weird things. Like there's a lot of conspiracy thinking around Stanley Kubrick movies that are just they're like, there's like a hidden message in there. It's like, no, that's just <laughs> that's art. That's how art works. Yeah. There are ideas in the art whoa, that whoa, you are whoa. picking up on. What's he saying with that? Yeah. So we'll talk about that. And of course, we are going to talk Paul T. Goldman. But before we get to any of it, Jason, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Uh, I was just looking at my history from yesterday. We had um, caper vinaigrette, which I was trying to figure out how to make uh, for dinner. <laughs> and, then, uh, and also racist Dutch theme park. I was Uh-oh. doing uh, my friend's podcast and there's a theme park in the Netherlands called Efteling that recently, after a long battle, changed uh some very racist rides that they had uh so i needed to, to bone up on that so theme park uh international theme park uh <laughs> controversy wow whoa there's there's a couple of theme parks dealing with some racist controversy that they're having to undo yeah the, are the are the dutch like crying over the fact that they had to change their theme park like they do at disney yeah, world or they were really holding on to it and this stuff was way more outwardly racist than anything uh that Oh no! (laughs) So like, oh, Monsieur Cannibal. Okay, yeah, you found it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this is fucking violence. Oh my god! And it only changed like very recently. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole different culture they have over there, I suppose. But they also had like a very racist ripoff of "It's a Small World" with scenes of like Africa and Asia. I mean, just like 
crazy stuff that that's, uh, still existed. But and, and they changed that, but they kept uh, Monsieur Cannibal. <laughs> they were holding on to that one. They finally changed that one. But I wanted to make sure I had my facts right. So, yeah, that's Holy what I was looking shit. up uh, yesterday. Yeah, Monsieur Cannibal. For people who don't even... Who are, if you're not Googling, basically it's like a teacup ride where all these like pots over fire are rotating around a central like racist figure of what I'm believing is to be some kind of African person who is going to eat the people. It's the most shockingly offensive thing uh, that you've ever seen. That yeah. Anyone's ever seen. I'm surprised uh, that the photo of it is in color. Like that's how racist it is. I'm like, right. wait, this is before color cameras, right? Yeah, and that and their excuse was like, "Well, you gotta understand, this ride was made like thirty years ago." It's like thirty years ago, this was not okay. Thirty years <laughs> in the eighties, uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> we made this back in the late eighties. So I you mean, have to understand, this came out right after Soul Man was released in theater. So we right, thought this, this can't be too offensive. But yeah, <laughs> right. What the fuck? Oh my god! I wonder, did was the ice cream cone always there? Because he is eating an ice cream cone, which that, seems... Yeah. Are you saying yeah. that makes it okay? No, but I, that, I'm wondering if they tried to make it okay by right. being like, he's not just eating people, he also likes but ice that, cream. That's not like African, like ice cream, not necessarily. It doesn't mean he's an African because he likes that. It feels like police reform where it's like, let's change this one thing. And everyone's right. like, that's not the fucking problem. Right. And you're like, I don't know. Yeah, the was problem is that he wasn't eating ice cream. They yeah. had the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? I think remote work is overrated. I think we got to get back together. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What's oh. going on right now? This Zoom. Yeah, I, I would love to Fucked do it in up. person. We should be in the same room. <laughs> how's, how's remote work in the age of like, I can totally see that for when you're trying to make creative projects. And, you know, I know some people that have adapted to like digitally collaborating creatively while there's like, man, you miss so much energy in the room. Yeah, well, that's what, like, editing the show over the past six months, like, you know, there was a little bit remote, like, graphics work, but by and large, we, like, we shared an office in Hollywood, and so much of that was just, like, being in the state, sitting in a room, looking at cards on a wall, and, like, there is an energy where uh, you just don't have it when you're on Zoom in terms of creative stuff, I think, is, like, hopefully, yeah, just not going to fully go away because of COVID, because it really does make a, a difference, I think. It's not a fun, not a fun answer, <laughs> not a funny right. answer. But I was <laughs> yeah. trying to think. I don't want to shit on any movies or TV shows yeah, yeah. I've seen. I would nah, like shit not. Come people. on, let's let's let's, let's <laughs> take some shots, Jason. No, right now, of, look, put it all on the line. <laughs> everything is overrated. Everything you like is overrated. Okay, I was just making sure this. <laughs> except, I, I was except tar. Tar is good. <laughs> I was making sure this wasn't like a Bob Iger take where he's like, "All right, fuckers, enough fucking around. Get your asses in the office because the oh, fucking no. rent's too high." But it's the right. missing X factor for you of like collaborating in person. Yeah, I just think human interaction in terms of like when you're doing something creative, it, it's still the best when uh, you can actually like get together with people. Yeah, I'm 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 mixed. I, I was actually in the office yesterday for like a, a meeting. It's just there's so much shit to do. Like, I, I don't know, you just have so much less time, so I much think, more yeah. time is like moving that's driving true. and shit driving yeah driving's overrated i think offices are are also overrated though uh um so yeah. like, <laughs> but like when i would like do shows that i would write on i mean this show that i'm i'm talking about that i just put out there was no writing on it this this guy wrote everything but other things <laughs> i've done adult swim stuff or whatever like we would just rent a house for a few months and just sit in the living room and write 
just because yeah office environments are not not great either oh like the office you tur- you made the office like a residential space basically yeah we would just get a house over you know verbo or whatever and and just like sit in the living room and write which is a nice way to work the heyday Mm, well, I, don't think, I don't think Iger is going to like that one. I don't yeah. think Iger. Well, there's going to be a budget for that. They, they living in there? Is that why they're just doing wall to wall writing? Nah, man. They just twenty four hours. Meet, they just prefer to meet in there. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, there's a whole. What, what's the studio that has just houses on the lot? Like, oh, oh, like Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner has like the the lot with just. It, it looks like a suburban street and. Like it's oh, close you know, to like various. the real like you know how like you know like I know LeBron's production company yeah. has an office there and like just yeah what what read as exteriors deep inside <laughs> the secrets are all there that's right <laughs> what is something you think is underrated McDonald's I think McDonald's is is really great and <laughs> I thought if there was like only one McDonald's I would like travel far to eat that food I think we take it for granted <laughs> because it's everywhere. Because it's everywhere. And there's one yeah. on Sunset that just closed. And then I saw another one at the Galleria in Glendale that closed. I get so disturbed when a McDonald's closes. It feels like like the there's some I get shaken by it where it feels like those should be just like a constant. Like there should only be as many as there are or more. Right. When they start going away, I get really worried about everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does feel like it can't be. Like I had a there's a McDonald's by my my mom's house where I grew up that closed down recently and i was like oh fuck like <laughs> we th- it's this is like this is my indicator for where the economy or where like society is headed i'm like even this mcdonald's come to find out they just demolished it so they could put up like a futuristic like mcdonald's oh, okay, good. and it right. came back and the relief <laughs> i had was so fucked up i was like oh fucking thank god it's just one of those spaceship abomination <laughs> mcdonald's and then i just that it closed down because business was bad Okay, good. Yeah, see, that's that's a happy ending to that story. 100%. Have you been to any McDonald's overseas? We were just reading about one in Wales that somebody, like a food critic, was making a straight-faced argument that it is the best restaurant in Wales, this <laughs> Welsh McDonald's, because they, you know, just a lot of attention. It's not, it's not just the standard menu. They, that's they cool them. yeah anytime i travel i go to the local mcdonald's because like yeah there was one and we were in kyoto and they had weird like shrimp stuff i think and yeah yeah i always go wherever i wherever i go try to see what the differences are <laughs> it's so like there's such an american way to kind of make sense of like the world too we're like <laughs> yeah when i'm abroad though too like i gotta check out mcdonald's so i can understand <laughs> so i can really understand yeah. what's going on here. get my bearings yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, so I can tell because there's jamon on this Spanish McDonald's hamburger. The Spanish like jamon, it seems. Yeah. Uh, Rather than just opening our eyes. When I was in eighth grade in Kentucky, in the public school system in Kentucky, the there were two like big. So there was a big event at the end of the year. That was the Chicago trip that eighth graders got to like take a bus up to Chicago and the things we did there, like in retrospect, were like, I think there was one architectural tour, but like the one of the big events was the Rock and Roll McDonald's yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> what was that? It's just a McDonald's with like some statues and they play old timey rock music. And the, the statues are of Ronald McDonald. I don't want to imply that there's any more 
thematic coherence than uh maybe like ronald mcdonald has a pompadour on one of the statues or something right and that was a wesley willis song you know him uh singer sadly deceased but he had a song called rock and roll mcdonald's i wonder i always just thought it was oh yeah rock and roll mcdonald's wasn't that how it went yeah that's exactly how it went maybe i mean most wesley willis songs are like that but yeah. yeah 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 i remember that being like a thing that they were they were thinking about updating but it was many years past it being a thing that really made sense as existing yeah oh now it's i think we talked i remember you mentioned and we looked and now it's like this like postmodern. it's so modern now it yeah. looks like uh like like the headquarters of like a cult yes oh wow yeah, that's yeah. what it happened to. it looks it like an have, apple store yeah that's what yeah. It, yeah so the rock and roll <laughs> mcdonald's used to look kind of like a pizza hut like it had that like red roof that was like somewhat yeah, the old the OG McDonald's style. Yeah, OG McDonald's, I guess. Yeah. Would, but then oh yeah, it, yeah. I like around you know so, somewhere places not far from LA. They still have some like the really old ones with the arches or like um, yeah. it's cool when you find like a really old looking McDonald's. Yeah, or old Pioneer Chicken like in LA. Those are those are like artifact fast food places. I don't know if the if they're, that one's still open. Do you have a favorite McDonald's you've ever been to that like stands out in your mind? <laughs> no, yeah. my favorite Rank thing em. is is just that they're they're mostly all the same. Uh, right. And uh, it's just the consistency. Someone, some like Andy Warhol quote, I think it was about Coca Cola, but it applies to McDonald's that like even the richest person in the world can't get a better you know meal from McDonald's than than the poorest person can, which is something that's like that's I think you were saying about Coca Cola. It's like everyone's drinking the same Coke, and as we all know, McDonald's has the best Coca Cola in the game like right. and they do it and because, sprite and sprite also, yeah so they yeah, sprite. they had these crazy water filtration things that because the water you know anywhere you go is different so they filter the hell out of the water so it, every like soft drink tastes the same mcdonald's to mcdonald's because they know it's like that consistency and reassurance that people are going there for so like that's why it is so good man that, okay that makes sense that's why like i'm glad that especially like sprite has medicinal qualities. One that, <laughs> yeah, I recently put like my my partner onto. She was like, she never would get McDonald's Sprite. I'm like, you don't know about McDonald's Sprite. Like you, you're really holding yourself back because she just doesn't like soda. And when when she was sick, I got her some McDonald's Sprite. And the way she was like, ah, ah, <laughs> ah she's like, it's more bubbly, I think, and more sugar. I'm like, it could be this weird fucking placebo effect that culture has created, but. There's something different, and I and I and I know the internet agrees with me on this. Yeah, I always thought it was just that they had wider straws growing <laughs> up because the straw the straws do seem like a little bit wider. That's right. definitely true. Yeah, yeah. So I was always like, ah, oh, it hits different because it's got wider straws. You take a sip and it just like your whole mouth is full. But yeah, definitely, it, it makes sense that it's some proprietary you know recipe of some sort. Absolutely. All right. Well. Let's take a quick break. Mm -hmm. We'll come back and talk about more fast food restaurants. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is a very dumb show. We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. We're back. And all right, A and W Q. You know they. <laughs> this is a this is a nice work uh, of social media. Kudos to their social media team. Oh uh, it's yeah, it's just like a, a spoof of the McDonald or the uh, M and M's statement. They even mm-hmm. open it with America. Let's talk. Yeah, like the M and M's did, and even use the word polarizing. Uh, Just like it. So they did the exact same, like even color scheme with brown and like it just it's identical to the McDonald's or the M&M's one. Damn, we're both on that McDonald's M&M's fuck up that, you know, but just swap out the logos. And again, they say (laughs) this is so funny. Since 1963, Rudy, the great root bear has been our beloved spokes bear. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six foot tall bear wearing an orange sweater. But now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. Therefore, we have decided that Rudy will wear jeans going forward. Not to worry, though, he will remain our official spokes bear. After all, he is unbearably cute. Anyway, fantastic. Great. Good for you. But oh, my God. It's no way. This is, I think, what I think how Fox took it. They're like, what? what's going on? What is going on? I think most people. Uh, we're like, okay, A&W social media person, like nice one, but kind of thirsty for being real. And, but the people at Fox, they, I don't know, they are in t- like suffering from such intense brain rot that they have fully lost the ability to even understand irony. I'm just going to play their reaction when they're like, and guess what, folks? It's not even ending with M&Ms because now A&W's on the woke wagon. Polarizing. Oh my God. First it was M&M's. It's ridiculous. Now a bear has to have... Oh, what, you're crying. I mean, having, what is the problem? <laughs> it's just the woke police cancel culture has gone mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. You think, you think it's a joke? Well, I, I mean, I, you know, A&W, it's not like it gets in the headlines every day. Maybe this is their moment. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they do it, for the attention, for the headlines. You should see the devil-angel battle in my head to make a joke on this, and I'm going to withdraw. I'm seating, (laughs) yielding the balance because I like my job. I had a bunch of jokes, none of them appropriate. Okay, I don't even, 
I don't even know what you could have potentially attempted as a joke there. Oh, I think he was going to make some bear dick jokes, Miles. Is, is <laughs> but like, what is what is a is it that was that was there, was there an obvious bear dick joke there that he's like? Also, for the, the for people who weren't watching the video, the the guy who spoke first and was like, I just was like, I, I maybe like was maybe like maybe going to call out the fact that it was a joke. He was on the verge of tears. I know it wasn't clear what, <laughs> if he was about to laugh or cry. He was about he was about to burst into tears. Yeah, it's like they're just like doing a play like they know somewhere in there. They know that exactly. A&W's right. social media person is joking and they're like, I think they're just so far beyond understanding. Like, are we joking? Are we serious about this? Right. That's or what, we don't know if we're joking anymore. That's the funny part is like, obviously they know that there's, they all sing from like the same script, but like, I guess also too, when your confirmation bias is like set to like 9 trillion, then like, you're just like on everything's like, Oh my God, what the fuck? It's wearing pants without maybe first giving yourself a second. But I just, I don't know, there's something interesting if maybe this could be a, a shift in the culture wars, just trying to bait them even more. I feel like with 20,000 well-spent dollars, you could convince the conservatives. That's, yeah, anything. like, do you think if you ask any of those people, like, point blank, do you think that wearing pants is woke? <laughs> like, right. what would they say? <laughs> like, yes, they're trying to make us wear pants. Like, oh, because, right, yeah. Like, it's so absurd. It's, yeah. It's, uh, everyone's just kind of goofing around, I think. <laughs> no one knows what they're saying. Yeah, they're doing bits. They're yeah. It really feels like that. Even even the Tucker Carlson, like Eminem's thing, he seemed like deflated when he was doing it. Like he played a <laughs> clip of it, and he was just like, "And yeah. now they've like released more Eminems, and they're like not hot, and so we're gonna talk about it because Dude, that's what? what we do on this show." Uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> like, I... He seemed bummed out. A little yeah, that's. Bit. I feel like everyone's just kind of like. Playing their role uh, with, yeah, you should just bait them with stupider and stupider things and just see, like, oh, I get, all right, I guess we got to get mad about this now. Well, yeah. Like, here, this is another segment where Fox, they, they got mad, or again, because I guess this is just part of like the rhetorical menu that they have to offer people, which is like, we're going to have to put some kind of form of cultural outrage on the show. Xbox like announced that they had like a new power saving mode. So like when the shit was turned off, like it would use way less energy just to be like, yeah, that's that's a less of an electrical bill for you too, just more efficient. And they somehow turned this into the indoctrination of children. But we understand what this is. It's not that it's actually going to offset emissions. Okay, the level of reduction is infinitesimal, but they're trying to recruit your kids into climate politics at an earlier age. Make them climate conscious now. Yeah, I didn't but think of that. You're right. They're the, going after the children. Of course they like, make them. <laughs> like I, that's I'm like again. Are they that mad that it's more efficient, that it would save you money on your bills? Because now, like, we're just becoming anti-efficiency also. Because, like, again, I get I get how in their minds they can draw a straight line from something being using less energy to be like, and that's their climate change activism agenda. But, like, these people aren't losing their fucking minds when, like, a, a truck uses less, like, is more fuel efficient. No, I get when just, they, like, they're... Yeah, they're, act they're acting, though. They're doing a play to keep you watching Fox News, like they don't believe any of this, like Tucker Carlson railing against the vaccine, early vaccine, he definitely had to be vaccinated to come back to work. Like the, what these people actually believe, if you actually sat down with them and, and what they say on air, I think there's a big disconnect. I mean, I think it's it's obviously wicked, but um, I think it's all 
a joke. <laughs> like to them. I guess that's probably how they sleep at night too, right? Well, it's how, no, it's like, how they yeah. make their money. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, I, okay, yeah, here's my character. I go on and I act mad about stuff. But even him using the term climate conscious, like <laughs> implies like, you know, this is uh, not a bad thing. This is like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, I think it's it's all just bad faith play acting of outrage. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing that I'm like really curious about, right? Because it's all their whole, their whole like media infrastructure. They're like the, uh, what am I looking for? The ecosystem where all this information is coming from. Like, there's always this like weird irony that at the end of the day, like it's always really bad for the consumer to agree with what they're seeing on Fox. Like at the end of the day, like, yeah, man, I don't need fucking medicine, man. Yeah. Like I'm going to sleep with a gas heater on in my bedroom with the window shut because I'm not woke. Like, it's just funny how the feedback loop also is like in specific ways, like with the vaccine is something that is absolutely antithetical to them, like living a longer, healthy life. And then in the broader scale for every human being on earth to probably suffer the consequences because we're not tackling these issues correctly. But then they don't tell the local like AM talk radio people because right. they're all like actually dying from like COVID. <laughs> and they're like, so, I believe that like, though. Nobody like, told me. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait you assholes are all vaccinated? <laughs> I'm, I'm out here dying for this shit. Uh, different levels. That's, I mean, there's levels to it, you know? No, always. Yeah, I, I, I have to think that like when, when she was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. They are trying to, I think she had thought about that because it was in the script that they were working <laughs> off of and she you know, knew he was coming on. Oh, yes, I point. had not even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fox News is an entertainment channel and that's all it is. Right. And, and it's keeping and and its job is to keep people watching Fox News. And, and they figured out this is what does it. That's what that's the argument they made to keep Tucker Carlson, like after he did, I forget what specifically damaging conspiracy theory he was spreading at the time, but there was actually, I I forget if it like went to court or something, but they had to come out and be like, Tucker Carlson is an entertainer. Right. But that's one of those people. Right. That's the evil thing is because the people watching don't think of it as entertainment. They think they're watching a news channel. Right. And right. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, man, so if Tucker's not getting horny for M&Ms, then that means America's losing. Wait, because that's right. He'll say something like that and get mad. And he knows, look, you, you, remember the thing that came out of him? Was it he was like thanking Joe Biden for helping his kid out or just something where you read you're like, what? This has nothing to do with this character we're seeing on screen. Where it's like, oh, the world, the real world of these people is so different than what we're seeing on screen. But right, the people at home who are, you know, for instance, not getting the vaccine or getting riled up about woke M&Ms like to them, that's real to them. This is real life. But to the people on, on screen, this is this is their job. This is a show, I think. Well, yeah. yeah and, and I think part of the thing that makes this like really part of the bread and butter of the network is like they, they have to politicize everything, but they can't actually talk hard politics or policy because then that. That begins to be like something you have to reckon with like facts and like what works and doesn't work. You can't be like, well, what would 18 billion dollars less being spent on defense mean for X, Y and Z? It's like, I don't know, man, they, they don't want to spend that. It's because they want to make the soldiers wear dresses or something. <laughs> yeah. And no, it's right? like, and it so, doesn't speak. It has nothing to do with facts. It just speaks to your appealing to like a, a victimization uh, feeling among the audience and saying you're right They're they're, you're not crazy. They're coming for you. They want to take what you have. They're coming to get you. And that's the thing that keeps people watching them get some ad- advertising dollars. 
Yeah. I mean, just skipping down to somebody who is has actually gone on the record in court being like, I am a uh, professional artist. wrestling character, the, mm-hmm. you know, Alex Jones. A writer JM was pointing out, he was doing some research, watching the thing, and noticed that, like, one of the logos was HAL 9000, like, in a way, but it was, like, kind of sweaty. It didn't make sense as a, as a reference. And so he looked into it, and Alex Jones apparently is weirdly obsessed with Stanley Kubrick and making the case that Stanley Kubrick is like a right-wing prophet. A few years ago, they published an editorial about how the world of A Clockwork Orange bears an uncomfortable resemblance to our own. The film is too bold, too brash, too brazen in its honest yet stylized depiction of the foibles and failures of humanity and our society, and too unflinching in its artistic honesty and, and insight for like our soft modern world which is funny first of all it's funny to like take the entire point of a dystopian sci-fi movie which is to like show you a world that seems different but then the more you watch you're like ah but i see the similarities and you know and just like say it in a tone that makes it sound like it's a conspiracy that they've done this like that it's a secret message that they're sending you reminds me of like the da vinci code where they like took (laughs) symbolism in art and like reduced it to the level of like a crossword puzzle where you're like when you look at her hand she's actually pointing at a word jumble that's written over here in invisible ink that you have to solve to to find out the clue but also it's just ignoring I don't know. They act like it's too woke for our world. And it's a movie that was incredibly <laughs> controversial when it came out in the 70s. Like it sparked massive protests. And like Stanley Kubrick banned it in the UK, like decided not to distribute it. But yeah. <laughs> it's just wild to, again, like the weird confirmation bias set to 9 million or whatever. Right. It's just like, like every like, yeah, oh, I can see it now. But again, you, it's always having to be, you know, bending towards whatever you need it to to, me, to mean. And in this case, I just love it. it's like, oh, exactly. He 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 foretold all of these issues, except I'm not quite sure which side of this equation I'm actually on. Yeah. And then he had Stanley Kubrick's daughter, Vivian Kubrick, on. And apparently she's a huge Alex Jones fan now and <laughs> is. Yeah. I don't know, like violent art far right memes on Twitter and publicly proclaimed her admiration of Alex Jones when she came on said, I've been listening to Alex Jones for many years. I know how accurate he has been about what's going down on this planet. And also she's wearing a headlight and a GoPro camera on her head and said that enemies of humanity are running the the world and they might be extraterrestrials. And that was like in the first five minutes of the show, which is just, (laughs) it's such a bummer. It (laughs) truly is that like, I don't know, it's it's getting to everyone, you know? Right. Alex Jones also thinks Stanley Kubrick had psychic powers and that's where he got his movie ideas. Again, just a like wild, just attempt by someone who's not creative to understand the creative process. He must have been had some someone sending him psychic messages like how did you come up with dr strange love five years before <laughs> you know the 
the Cuban Missile Crisis or <laughs> a decade before the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it's like that. There was it was based on a dramatic novel that had already been singled out by the Pentagon for its accuracy. Like t- repeatedly, he just kept confusing. Re- like Stanley Kubrick did really careful and intense and broad research for all of his movies. Like the he the other thing he's like eyes wide shut like. I've seen mass orgies in my time. By the way, he like dropped that as an aside. He was like, when I was a teenager, I went to some satanic mass orgies and just like <laughs> didn't didn't go further into that. But he took the eyes wide shut orgy as like a sign that he was telling on actual like orgies that Stanley Kubrick had been invited to, when in fact it was like this deep historical research into actual you know, rituals from the 18th and 19th century, like how how those things actually went down. Also, their conspiracy is that Eyes Wide Shut was about like the real Illuminati and that like powerful celebrities had Kubrick killed because he died right after completing the movie, which is just doesn't really (laughs) hold together as a... Like, why would you, he's he'd been working on that since like the 60s. Yeah, they should have right. killed him before. <laughs> they should have right. killed him before he completed it. Right. I like that. They're just like, yeah, just they're, the assassins are like, hold on, let him cook. <laughs> I want to see what he's more. doing. want to okay. see what he's got going. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm a big fan. Wait, no, we got to <laughs> let him finish it. But then yeah. we got to punish him. Yeah. And also, <laughs> again, yeah, the question of where he got the idea for Eyes Wide Shut could have been solved with Google. Like, that's the thing. So many of these kind of long-running conspiracy theories, and this kind of, this comes up in Paul T. Goldman as mm. well, like, the, so many of these things can be solved with Google. Like, just a little bit of Google. Not even, you know, prolonged and detailed research, but just a, a little bit to be like, oh, there are these four other explanations that also make sense. Yeah, I mean, to what you guys were talking about, terms of confirmation bias it's like yeah it's kind of the backwards you decide what the truth is and then you make every bit of information you find line up with it and and kind of willfully ignore anything that contradicts it or adds complexity to it but yeah i mean you see that happening everywhere yeah yeah all right let's take a quick break and we will come back and do honest streaming corner and talk about all that stuff as it relates to paul t goldman We'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back, and we are joined by super producer Anna Hosnier for a little thing we call on a streaming corner. Streaming corner to talk about Paul T. Goldman. Yeah. Wow, this is momentous. This is the first <laughs> for real. Anna streaming corner where we've had a person from the corner of streams on the show. Okay, that's yep. wild. I'm yep. so psyched to be in the corner. Oh my god, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, how funny to run here oh hey how's it going wow what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> no this is thrilling because yeah i heard you say i did probably text all my streaming takes place between midnight to four in the morning yeah yeah well, uh, I, because they're working me to death here please help and so i like immediately <laughs> start screaming through texts at these guys to start watching anything and everything i'm watching so Paul T. Goodman, those first, I think you could you guys dropped four episodes? Or was it three episodes? Uh, three on New Year's Day. Great yes. time to release the show. Everyone's definitely looking for like a really hard to describe uh, <laughs> show <laughs> that you need to use your brain to watch uh, yeah. when you're hungover uh, on New Year's Day. So it made a huge splash, <laughs> right. as, as expected. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, it yeah. got me. Oh, yeah. After three episodes, I was like, That's why good. didn't they release the whole season? Uh, I, think, <laughs> I just needed I, it. I think this first time Paul breaks can't break like breaks the fourth wall and like you and then like you kind of zoom out to see like the production. I think I paused and I, I think I texted and I was like, yeah, this this shit is good. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this <laughs> oh, is yeah. Good. but for people, allow it, for people who don't know, because you probably just keep hearing the name. Jason, how would you describe it like to some, like you said, it's a difficult just to describe show, but I'd, I'd imagine the person who directed it would probably have a decent way to describe it to people. You would imagine it. that you would be surprisingly <laughs> wrong. That's probably why it took me like 10 years to make it because it is a very hard show to describe. But basically it's a, it's a documentary series about a real person who calls himself Paul T. Goldman. And it's his story about how he married a lady who turned out to have a secret double life and how he basically uh, vowed to take down her international crime ring, which may or may not exist. And it's about kind of me trying to figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a, he's a fascinating character. Like I, I want to just ask like how, like what about him did you see and see as worthy of, of this documentary? Because he ends up being someone that like, I I loved and like felt like uh, felt for you know and like he has this weird 
penchant to like gravitate towards being scammed in any given situation. <laughs> I but, mean, minimum five scams happened to yeah, this yeah. person within this series. Yes, including the series itself. Perhaps. Yeah, I, that I didn't. Cla- I told my friends I was like, he was scammed by scammed by multiple people, including Jason. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> yeah, to say. Part of, no, I mean that's I, I referenced that in the show. I mean that was part of his wondering how much I'm just another person kind of taking advantage of his very trusting nature. But yeah, he tweeted at me in 2012 and he said, I have an incredible story to tell. And I wrote a book and a screenplay about it. And I looked at his website. I looked at his, you know, and I read his book and I just fell in love with kind of his voice and and just thought it was so fascinating. It's a story with like a lot of dark stuff in it, but also he's very, you know, light and goofy and likable. And I thought that was such an interesting contrast. And and, uh, I mean, I didn't know I was going to spend 10 years on it, but I did think there was something there that was kind of worth exploring. Yeah. And you capture this depiction of a type or like a a real person that I don't think exists in a lot of places, like in media. Right. Like it it just feels very authentic. And like you're seeing a work of art about, you know, like those paintings that you see in museums that are like of everyday people as opposed to the ones that are like about of the royalty. Like it, it feels like you're getting this really in-depth depiction of like who he is, but also like what his imagination is, what his version of the world is. And it's also a very specific portrait of like the years, I think it so like 2013 to up to the present like really the present tense like you you have footage from the premiere of the show in the in the final episode i feel like it also like captures a lot of what was going on like during that era some of the stuff we've already talked about on the show like that confirmation bias internet rabbit hole and like even the specificity of like his cause becoming sex trafficking in the same way that like a lot of the like mega people like turned to human trafficking as as their cause. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that all come together? I mean, it was really just me interviewing him and filming him and observing what was real. It was really just kind of luck that this stuff as we were making it started coinciding so much with what was going on. But, you know, I was there's a clip in there when he's talking about taking down this sex trafficking ring that he thinks he's going to take down that he says like it's the calm before the storm and that was in 2014 that was before yeah. trump that was way yeah, before QAnon. QAnon. Yeah. it was like so all these things that i was interested in and i've always been interested in conspiracy minded people but it really did become so relevant in the years that we were making it and i thought it was uh, just fortunate that you know in paul's story ultimately no one is hurt no lives were really ruined there's not like there there's some dark behavior on 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 the part of different people including paul but but it's not like such a bummer that you couldn't also include the funnier parts of it. So I thought it was a good a good opportunity to balance things that I thought were funny and also kind of shocking or sad or, you know, just fascinating. But to do this story about this kind of, yeah, that includes this conspiracy world and this stuff is very, that became very common, but in a way that like no one was really hurt. I, I, I right. thought it was good. He's kind of, you know, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, He's much more harmless than than a lot of the people in this world, for sure. No, I mean, like his his biggest flaw is that he's like a born mark, you know, like he's so (laughs) trusting and so like constantly pivots to the positive, which is really interesting when I was like, man, this I've never I've 
it's like like Jack saying like I, I've it's not often I've seen someone like this. And I'm like, wow, this guy seems very authentically like living just his life in this very unique way, but it's causing a lot of issues because he's trusting and he has a little bit of he's like semi informed on things, but then there's like psychics that are taking advantage of that, and oh it just all God. comes together, and you're like, oh shit. Was the that psychic like- is such a fucking <laughs> wild character? Yeah, uh, wild person, human, I guess. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. a human too, and I, you know, I liked her a lot. We visited her. That footage was shot in 2017, where we went to her ranch, and um, you know, in the editing of it, we listened to hours and hours of tapes that Paul had made of their readings, and that was when this picture emerged that I felt like we had to include in the show of like her kind of role in all of this, in, in just like spinning him out on stuff that you know, by and large. I don't think was was accurate that she was saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was she's a very interesting person because I feel like how she was scamming him was very interesting in the sense that she actually like seemed to care about him. I think she does care about him. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. Like she was, you know, obviously she wasn't happy with how she's portrayed in the last episode. I mean, it's all just clips of her, though. It's not me saying anything. It's just me putting clips together that I think paint a picture of my opinion of of her behavior, but she does care about Paul and she was, you know, her defense, his wife helped a lot of people's lives. I think she did like, like in the show, when she's introduced in the third episode, Paul talks about, he contacted her at first. She's a pet psychic who also does human psychic work, but, and he contacted her when he lost a dog and she, she didn't help him find the dog, but she's like, the dog is fine. He got into like a young woman's car and she's taking care of him. And so, yeah, you could look at it. It's like, yeah, she provided comfort for him. And and I think that's a lot of what she does, you know. Yeah. So my question was, at what point do these predictions become harmful or become like actually reckless and, and dangerous? Right. Yeah. Right. That I mean, it, it's so interesting because it is all these real people. And I'm like fascinated because I do at the end, like I'm fully on Paul's side. Like I want Paul to succeed. I want Paul to be right. Like, I want it all to be real and all to, like, make sense because I just want him to have some vindication because of everything that he goes through in his life. Right. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, it's a very complex thing. And everyone's watching that last last episode and responding in in different ways. And some people who've decided at one point in the show that they just hate him or can't, you know, (laughs) can't be on his side, can't empathize with it anymore for whatever reason stay there and then some people see oh this is a person and he has made mistakes and i mean it's nice that he's grown you see him absorbing new information by the end but like i like that people are having all different responses to it (laughs) that was my favorite my favorites with like the pr person was like you kind of seem to have like an anti-sex worker agenda just with like how you're talking no and and then and then that one question at the q a when the person the audience asks about like mail order brides that and, and he it like stumped him, but you could see the gears working in this way. It's like, oh, he's actually, he's wrestling with this question in his mind, which yeah. is so funny. There's like all these very interesting moments where in in a in a world where you're so used to seeing like narcissistic people who will never appear wrong on camera, do whatever they can to like whatever it takes to not appear wrong. It was just really interesting to see somebody who was so open to yeah. hearing something new and really sitting with that. And also like processing it within his own life. And I think the repetition of those moments, I think was really disarming, at least for me to watch and like kind of opened up myself to me like, wow, this is a really like this is a good example of how we should operate, albeit a very like hyperbolic, extreme example of someone's like life. But uh, there was I, like I was learning on some level. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's great. I mean, it's it, right. It's it's not easy to absorb information that changes what what you thought is reality for years and years. And like to watch him do that and be in that room was was very moving. I thought. Yeah, I mean, that's the key difference between you know. But by, by the way, the fact that he said this is the calm before the storm, Paul probably is Q. I think we all yeah. have to reckon with that. He's not. Uh, he's not. No. I, I probably oh, know. No, he's, he's definitely not. Q for sure. He's not Q. All right, then he it's Jason. It's Jason. He, it's like, Jason like, or Paul. he has very outdated. Like he has, he has outdated a lot of views about relationships, about women, a lot of stuff that's you know very much not in tune with with our daily, with our our modern day world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And as far as I know, he has not gone down that rabbit hole. He was not a Trump supporter. Like, I think, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a complex guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think the difference between him and Trump supporters is that, like, he took in the new information. Yeah. And changed, yeah. changed wait, like, on the spot, was like, oh, so I should probably apologize <laughs> with, with some prompting from you. But that that was yeah. wild to see how quickly he he changed and then watching the episode with like that must have been nerve wracking, but you watched the first episode with him and then like have a conversation. We watched the with first him. three actually. So we the watched first about three. Half, yeah. the, half the series with him. And then I showed him some clips from the finale because I wanted him to really have a sense of what the show was going to be and, and to see how he reacted to that. And I thought, I thought that response was, was pretty powerful as well. Uh, and I never really expected, I didn't know how he'd respond. I didn't know if he'd like punch me in the face or yeah. uh, or what. So it was really, I mean, I got weirdly emotional. I didn't expect that either. And that's the last thing I would ever want is for myself to be emotional on camera, but it <laughs> it, it happened. So it's like, uh, we're trying to do something honest. So, it, you know, it's got to go in there. I mean, I fully, like when I was watching that scene, I left my body because I was like, what is about to happen? But I will say, like, his love for you is very apparent. Like, when he wanted you to play you, like, and was just pushing and pushing. I was like, he just wants to play with Jason. Like, that's all he wants. (laughs) Like, he wants to do it with you. And you were like, I can't, I can't, I can't. But I was like, it's so clear that, like, while, you know, you are showing every aspect of everything going on, like, that doesn't necessarily always put Paul in the best light. Like, I had a feeling, like, He's not going to hate you over this because he actually really enjoys you. Like you guys have this this bond that's been created is very apparent. Like he wants to work with you. And I thought that was like at the end when you guys were talking, I was like, God, it's so it's nice for this not to end on like a really, you know, fucked up note. It, It ended very like pure. And I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was like a great little like bow. Yeah. Thanks. Aww. Yeah, I was hoping. I mean, I really was just following what was happening in reality. And I didn't know exactly, you know, I knew what we wanted to put in the last episode in terms of his spinoffs, in terms of like confronting him with the truth that we were able to find. But that that last 10 minutes, I didn't know how that was going to go. I didn't know how he'd react to see the show. I didn't know yeah, yeah any of that stuff. So uh, it was it was nice. And also that kind of speech where he gives at the end, that was that was towards the very end, too. And that that kind of recontextualizing about how this look he failed in real life, but this wound up being this thing and making the show and giving his life meaning, you know, whether you can read that any way you want, you can read that with some distance and say, Oh, he's just kind of trying to reshape the story so that he can, you know, function again. Or you can say, Oh, this, this actually did give his life meaning in a way that he wasn't able to get from this pursuit of, of justice that he was after or whatever. Um, but no, it all kind of came together at the very end. I mean, both in this show and in Borat, like there is a ability to respond quickly to like 
things that are completely unforeseen or unforeseeable and like just a faith that it's going to be like make good content <laughs> like a, how how do you think about th- things like that like that having this whole show that hinges on this conversation that was you know had to have been filmed like by its very nature had to have been filmed long after most of the show was created like what yeah are, are like do you just have this sort of faith that whatever it is it's going to be like honest or how, how do you think about that as as an artist are you reference and you're referencing the pandemic breaking out during the and Borat then the filming. pandemic breaking out yeah. in in, in Borat. Borat. Yeah. yeah no i mean that i probably did pick up a lot of that from working with sasha like it's just this it's just this attitude you have to be open to pivot when new information presents itself and like that movie we were you know they had a great outline for that movie we were constantly rewriting had to kind of changing everything constantly 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 and it's just i think it's this element of risk that can make a thing feel accurately alive and like maybe things could have gone wrong maybe yeah borat we were like shooting with those guys that he lived with jim and jerry and we knew we wanted to go to this gun rally the next day i mean all that stuff we only had one shot at it could have been a disaster it could have fallen apart and then the two days later we were shooting with rudy giuliani and if we if nothing interesting happened there it would have been like well we don't have an ending of the whole movie now but i've been very lucky on these kind of high wire acts uh, the last <laughs> couple of years that it's worked out but i don't you know it doesn't always work out but but um if you get a good group of people working with you and i had a really great team on this who you know producers who were I never knew how much money we were spending and I would just be like, okay, we got to go do that. We got to go back to Florida. Okay. Let's go find this guy. And we just figure out how to make this stuff happen. And then editors on this were incredible of like, okay, we have hundreds of hours of footage. How do we look at this and put it together in a way that makes sense as a story. But it was this whole, just like energy of you just get everyone on board. And it's like one way or another, we're going to figure this out. And look, and if it all falls apart, if Paul was like, he watched the episode and he was just like, you screwed me, you ruined my life. I would have had to deal with that. I would have had to put that in. You know, like a lot of it is like instincts. It's just like being in touch with your instincts and following like a hunch of like, I feel like this is the direction to go and I feel like this is going to work or get us something interesting. And then it's just luck, really. But uh, I I was lucky on on this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What was was like the hardest thing, like I I guess emotionally for you in making this? Because like, like you said, you're watching him and his life unfold while also kind of, you know, navigating your own responsibility to him and obviously responsibility to yourself as a creator. Like, was there like, were there ever any moments where you were kind of at odds with that? Or you always kind of, you kind of always had this vision and felt like it was going to just kind of move in the same way. I mean, yeah, there was always a conflict and you see it in the show on like there, these scenes that, you know, I, I would read them years ago, like scenes that he wrote and think they were very interesting or funny or weird and worth shooting and then we'd be on set where he's like telling an actress to like do something you know did see her or whatever and i was <laughs> right, like right. cringing oh, that doctor and, like, scene yeah. <laughs> yeah that stuff was hard <laughs> but i knew it that's why i was like well this will be an uncomfortable interesting scene to shoot and so i knew that going in but still doing it was like really hard to get through but then it was you know the hardest thing was probably that four hours of sitting in his kitchen at the end which makes up about like a third of the last episode where I'm just right. showing him stuff and you see he keeps closing a laptop. He keeps like, he, he it's hard. He's denying it. And I'm having to present him with stuff like the letter, you know, to her parents or, you know, things that I was like, right. all right, this is not going to be easy. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk through everything and we're going to, 
you know, cover our bases. And I tried to tell him, look, this is to protect you. Like, if this becomes a thing that people watch, I can't hide stuff that you did because every there's Reddit, everything will come out. Mm-hmm. Like, and right. so like, I can't like for my sake hide things uh, that I know to, to have happened to protect you because that'll make you me look worse and you look worse. Like, we have to do this responsibly and honestly. We have to cover all sides of this, like in the time that we have. But yeah, that was, you know, that stuff wasn't easy because we have a weird relationship. It's not just like a documentary filmmaker and subject. We've been doing this for 10 years. And it is like a a very unique kind of friendship. But at the same time, I knew my responsibility was to the truth and reality. And so, you know, I knew part of that would involve putting him in uncomfortable moments. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you sort of approach interacting with him? Because there are moments where you can tell where you're a little kind of like, oh, boy. And like, so how did you sort of like keep your composure and like continue to work with him and not get sort of burnt out from his energy, really? I think I'm just I mean, he is very likable in real life. Everyone on set loved him. He's very I mean, he's like he's exactly as he comes across, but he's just Mm -hmm. like this kind of like upbeat, very likable goofball. And I don't know, I have a a weird knack for um just i'm pretty good with people who have like kind of extreme personalities <laughs> and i don't know where it comes from but but if you look like the history of people i've i've gravitated towards working with generally are 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 out there or in some way in some way or just yeah. very for, forceful or driven or i i think i just i have a good vibe with people who are these very big presences and i'm i'm very kind of Mm. attuned to working with with people like that so yeah no i never i mean yeah it's you know like it's in the show it's like i there's a montage at the end of the fifth episode where you see like yeah times i'm like exasperated and exhausted but then other times we're laughing together and it's like a family member or something it's just like yeah this person we drive each other crazy sometimes but i think we also do like each other and you know you just you navigate that Do you think people can take things from your that final, you know, conversation that happens in his kitchen for when they are trying to deprogram their Fox (laughs) News brand parents? Like, (laughs) have be like, it's hard. This is going to come out, guys. (laughs) Well, that's it. Like the camera, (laughs) the camera provides such a imbalance of power. And I tried to like do that in the kitchen scene. You could like the way I frame the behind the scenes shot, you see, I'm still hiding behind the camera. And and it's like, I hold all the camera, all the power in that situation where it's like, you're on camera, you're under the gun. I'm going to show you stuff. You can lie right now if you want. But I had all the power in that situation. It's like, yeah, people can't do that with their parents. That's why these conversations are so impossible and hard is, is because in an actual conversation, there is there isn't that imbalance. There isn't one person who's like, I'm the, I'm the questioner <laughs> and you right, have to, yeah. and you have to be responsible for what you say. And a lot of people are going to see this. So you better be, you better be careful. You know, that's why you, you, it's so hard to get with, to get, yeah. make progress with someone in real life, a loved one who's, who's dug into this stuff because all of our instincts are just to dig further in and become defensive. And, uh, it's extremely I have, you know, issues like that in my own family. I think everyone does. And it's like, yeah, you you get you can have people you love who who are on a path. And, you know, there's so much on social media or YouTube algorithms. I'll watch one, you know, Jordan Peterson video because someone sends it to me to like laugh at him. And then all my suggestions are just Ben Shapiro and yeah. Yeah. like, you know, all this shit. And it's like, oh, I see how people if you're not looking at that critically, you just zoom down that rabbit hole. And then suddenly it feels like, oh, the whole world is telling me that they're out to get me. 
And then you have what we were talking about before that, like Fox News, you know, nonsense kind of manufactured outrage against uh, all this stuff that it's very hard to pull people out of. The force of the force of the Internet is is extremely powerful. So I don't know. I think I, I think actually I was lucky with Paul because he's not an inherently angry person. He's not spending all day on YouTube right. and on social media just getting indoctrinated and reindoctrinated with this stuff. He's just kind of is only concerned with his own story. That's right. his, that's what's unique <laughs> about him is he's not someone like most people fixated on where the world is going. He's just concerned about kind of being vindicated in, in his own life and feeling yeah. like he has value and worth. And that's, I think, in large part, what's, what this whole quest was about. And so I don't think he's sitting there watching uh, this kind of stuff that just, you know, sucks you into this world of anger and resentment and, uh, you know, this victimized feeling. Yeah. I will like say, you. I do think... That Paul is cute. Paul, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I never gave me that energy. He was always, just, yeah, like <laughs> you said, he's joking. always very, like, into his own situation. But Even I in the say scenes he where he a, was being intimate, it was funny. He was like, yeah, this this is weird for everyone. Kind of. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I love his commentary on everything was great. And also, like, I feel like he can run an incredible marketing agency. Because the way he marketed himself, his Google Docs filled with tweets. Yeah. Like I was like, this is actually, he has something here. <laughs> he built something here. He could be like, an unpaid I was intern. impressed. I was like, oh, I should have Google Docs full of tweets when I'm promoting stuff. <laughs> like, I was like, this is actually quite genius. And he knows how to rework the system where he's like, you misspell a few things. Then they don't think you're, you know, like, I was like, wow, <laughs> he's actually good because he got you to make this show, Jason. Like, I was like, right. <laughs> You can't hate Paul because he actually knows what he's doing and he could really, I don't know, build from here because I was quite impressed. Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of this, he, he did get this made through force yeah. of will. Like he just pushed right. and pushed forever and got it made. He did, I think, eventually get kicked off of Twitter and had to reactivate his account because if you see in the show, he has like a hundred and something yeah. thousand followers. Now he's got like 800 followers <laughs> because okay. you actually... Someone I read, there was like some sweep that you uh, Twitter did in like 2016 yeah. where they wiped out accounts that were doing just what Paul was doing, which he was basically like being a human bot, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that got that account got knocked out because people see his Twitter now and wonder why he's got so many fewer followers. I think that's what happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I also was kind of like, is he buying followers? How is this moving so quickly? How yeah, are all these was, people following? He, he was definitely, I mean, I do think he was following a thousand people a day. Yeah. But I'm, right. I think he he was buying followers as well. Yeah, yeah. because it was but like a hundred something thousand and he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, but that was smart because I met him yeah. I, I, when I, when he first tweeted me and I looked at his Twitter, I said 140,000 followers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe this guy does have a movement behind him. Maybe this is a thing I don't know about. Right. It worked yeah. <laughs> until, yeah. I, until I met him until I met him. And he was so honest about his press. I was like, oh, no, this is all a facade in the interest <laughs> of getting this thing made. This story right. up. Well. I good feel like him. we could talk talk to you about this for hours. <laughs> quest yeah. is a good word for it. It's really it's a quest. Yeah, it goes beyond TV show. It's really just like a yeah a quest. <laughs> yeah, great great piece of art. So but yeah, everyone needs to go watch Paul T. Goldman on yes. Peacock. 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 All six episodes are out now. Go stop this recording right now. And go <laughs> just go watch it. But also, uh, and also, if you have MAGA parents, maybe try what Jason did. Just put him in front of a camcorder and see if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask the fucking questions, Grandma. And do 
all the research ahead of time. All yeah. all the all their key like points that they like Pull to make. Pull up with you, a binder. It actually clips, won't everything. be hard. You know, it's <laughs> easier. I'd say it's easier when you have like a video of like a really nice uh, guy explaining everything. Yeah, <laughs> explaining right. that a, a he was doing it as missionary. Oh yes. me yeah. no, yeah. Royce Rocco. Come on now, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, thank you so much for for doing it, Jason. Where can people find you, follow you? I guess we already told them where they can watch Paul T. Goldman. Yeah, watch, just go on Peacock and watch it. I mean, I'm on Twitter temporarily just to promote the show because there wasn't much of a marketing campaign. But uh, yeah, I don't really post online. I just uh, lurk. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah. Make cool t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Some, sometimes make yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, we will take three t-shirts. Jay Guevara's. <laughs> three Jay Guevara's. Jay Guevara. I wear an XL. You yeah. sure you don't want the fast as you can slam the man shirts? Uh, I couldn't <laughs> find it. I couldn't Available. find it online. Paul, uh, PaulTGoldman.com. He's running a Redbubble <laughs> store. It's on 87 different products. You can get a, <laughs> a nice, uh, you can get a queen size comforter with that logo on it. You can get a, <laughs> a dog bowl. <laughs> It's, it'll, all your Paul T. Goldman needs uh, PaulTGoldman.com okay I'll go and he's on he's sure. on he's on Cameo as well if you've got a message for a loved one he's doing <laughs> wow. cameos for $50 that's a great cameo actually he would be a, an amazing I, cameo yeah he's got five five stars right now and uh, he says he, the other day he said he'd done 18 of them and uh, I watched one of them he was like a guy wishing happy birthday to his wife and he was like Thank you for not stealing my assets. <laughs> he rips good stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's going to give it his all. All right. Amazing. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, guys. Wait, okay. You can get a slam the man as fast as you can shower curtain and wow. scarf. That's <laughs> like I am just all written out on one line. Oh, yeah, shit. like mouse pads. Hey, guess what, you guys? This is what you're all getting for Christmas. <laughs> oh, all right, I we love we had to cut Jason loose. Uh, he he had to run, but what what an asshole, right? I think we can all yeah. agree. He, he scammed us. How dare you? Yeah, no, no that, was <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, actually, after all that, now I'm starting to think Paul scammed Jason. Yeah, but <laughs> tremendous booking from Super Producer yeah. Anna Hosnia. That was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Anna, where can people find you, follow you, and is there a work of media, social or otherwise, that you've been enjoying? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Anna Hosnier on Twitter and then at Selling Hosnier on Instagram. I have a Substack if you'd like to subscribe. It's sellinghosnier.substack.com. Yeah. So can I do some promotion of live shows? Please. Oh, yeah. I For am Sketch doing... Fest? I am doing two live shows this weekend at SF Sketchfest. I'll be in San Francisco. Uh, I will be doing Matt Lieb and Vince Mancini's podcast, Pod Yourself a Gun, yeah. on Saturday, at, uh, one, uh, January 28th at 10 p.m. at Piano Fight in San Francisco. Get your tickets now. Go, just go to the SF Sketchfest website and type Pod Yourself a Gun. You can find it. And then on Sunday... January 29th at 4 p.m. at the Gateway Theater, we are doing a live Will You Accept This Rose podcast with Arden Marine, Doug Benson's going to be on it, Paget Brewster, Ooh, wow. Mike Carosa. Paget. Oh, Marilyn Rice Cub's going to be on it. Oh, okay. And Michael Hitchcock. If you guys know Michael Hitchcock, hilarious actor. If you, I'm sure you guys know who he is if you saw him. But yeah, you can get tickets for that. Still available. So yeah, come see us at SF Sketchfest. That'd be so fun to see you guys. To see you guys see us guys and see have us see you seeing us seeing you. And so that would be like really great. And a what is it called? Tweet or something that I've been yeah. enjoying. <laughs> Some media. Media. Some media. 
Me. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, here's something I thought was funny from Nick Newman at Nick underscore Newman. Lydia Tarr belittled a pan-gender BIPOC student. She groomed young women. One of them committed suicide. This morning, she got multiple Oscar nominations. Please tell me again how cancel culture is real. Which I was like, Jesus, have you guys seen Tar? Oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. It's true. Like everyone praises Lydia Tar. Yeah. And I'm just her behavior is deplorable. Out of control. Out of pocket, <sighs> even. That was the thing. I saw someone on Twitter being like, What does out of pocket mean to you? Okay, that's really funny because I got an email where someone was telling me they were unavailable they were out of pocket. And they said they were out of pocket. And I spent like 20 minutes being like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So those are two different, distinct, unrelated meanings. Out of pocket being like I'm out of the pocket that I work in, I guess, essentially. I always thought it meant like I'm I'm working off my phone, like out of my pocket. But I think it just means I'm not in, I'm not at, I won't be at work. But yeah. There, yeah, then there's also obviously, you know, what are your no out of pocket expenses? Look, yeah. it's a very pliable phrase, you know, that's right. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Well, you can find me in the pocket because I'm all about the rhythm section on bass and drums uh, at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. And also I, I, I have a TikTok, but I haven't made anything. So, I mean, shout out to people who follow me there, but I, I'm, I probably won't post anything quite yet. Until I get all my wigs and stuff in order. Um, let's see. You can also find Jack and I on our podcast. Miles and Jack got Matt Boosties. Matt got a new episode. Uh, and also 420 Day Fiance. Uh, some tweets that I like. Just this one. It's from at Micah underscore Irfan. Tweeted, fun fact. The divorce rate is the lowest it's been in 40 years. And when you look at it on a chart, you're like, oh, shit. Look at, look at America doing its thing. Oh, wow. Just having a lower thing. And then people were be saying, like, is it because people aren't getting married as much? And the, this person saying that it, it's not taking into account the marriage rate. It, it's independent of that. It's just this is this is where we're at. Probably because enough of us have seen some weird ass marriages that we're starting to make better decisions. But mm-hmm. that's just my that's my Wait, so divorce is down. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's because we all just went through the pandemic. We don't want to be alone. So you're just like sort of settling. I don't know. Maybe there's a dark side to everything. It's been. Well, here's the thing. It's been on a downward trend since even before the 08 recession. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not enough people's wives are meeting Frank Grillo. You know, that's a Paul T. Goldman, <laughs> Goldman reference. reference. Go watch the goddamn show because it's And so I would good. love him, too, if I met Frank Grillo. I'd be like, oh, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can find... Me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Enjoy, I've enjoyed a couple tweets. Someone at Future Canon tweeted exactly one year ago, and it uh, that, that was on January 24th, and they tweeted Paris Hilton's appearance on the Jimmy Fallon podcast where she introduced everyone to her ape, to her NFT. Uh-huh. And that is a moment that will go down in history, and I'm glad that we're recognizing its one-year anniversary. And then Sandra Bullock, three days ago, tweeted i got so scared filming gravity <laughs> i just thought that was a cool cool sentiment that's Yo, good my father-in-law hates that movie yeah and then uh tessa at tessa paisa tweeted prepping my dad to meet my non-binary friend and i cannot breathe at his response and it's just this text exchange also don't forget naomi is not a girl they are nine non-binary and if it's easier they would probably prefer you accidentally call them a boy than a girl lol 
And then the dad's response was, okay, can I just call them Hey Buddy? <laughs> yeah. Some real yeah, dad shit. Can I? Can I just Thank call you. them Hey Buddy? I Can I just tell you, I, I had to tell my, I had a, not, I have a non-binary friend. I told my dad, they, then my dad goes, okay, them. And I'm like, well, okay, just, just call them. Not they. literally. Goes, yes, them. I am saying them. And I'm like, you can say they as well. And he kept saying them. And I was like, oh, oh no. my God, you are just. Why is them like, mad at me? Well, yeah, like, he couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And I was like, I know you're trying, but the parents, dude. Yeah. The They're parents. so silly. That's like the final frontier for boomers yeah. is the pronouns thing. That's yeah. Cool. Like, you know, I they even, try, like, even if they're like not I fully know. there. I know. You see, man. Them try. Yeah, there, there are people try. in my family. I'm not gonna. I mean, I, there's. I've seen people in my family struggle, like in a in a good faith way to be like, ah, I mean, ah, I mean, <laughs> I meant, I meant them. Ah, I'm sorry. It's, I'm I'm really trying, and I'm like, you're getting panicked in the weirdest way yeah. about it. Just, just, and they just very walk easy. off muttering and walk into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, hey, Miles, what song do you think people might enjoy? This is a dope a, like rapper, singer, artist from the UK named Eliza, E-L-I-Z-A. This track is called A Tear for the Dreadful. The production is very like minimal like electronic hip hop and her voice is really dope like the lyrics are super heavy um it's just it's, if you, if you want to hear something interesting future forward check this out a tear for the dreadful by Eliza all right well we'll link off to that in footnotes the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that yep. is going to do it for us this morning back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we will talk to y'all then bye bye oh goodbye Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu.